Praise the Lord. Amen. You just said it, man. You said, I'm here and I know you will fill me. Amen. Do you believe that? Come on, man. Do you believe it? Yes or no, man? Come on. Are you trying to talk? Are you trying to talk yourself into it? Because it's got to be one or the other. Either you believe it or, well, yeah, you don't believe it or you're trying to talk yourself into it. All right? Because I'm right here and I know that he's going to fill me. I know that he will fill me. But, but why? All right? Here's what I know. God doesn't just fill you so you can be full. I mean, I mean, we walk around, man, like we just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. For what? <laughs> why? <laughs> Why? So, so you can be poured out, amen? That's why we want to be filled, man. The, the, the reason that we need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit is so that we can be poured out, that we can pour him out everywhere we go, amen? I used to do this little thing with a, with a youth. I was a youth pastor, and we'd take this bucket, man, and we'd put holes in it, and we'd, and we'd fill it up with water and see how, how, far, how, how, much, how much water they can have by the time they get over here. And they would get mad because they were trying to see who could have the most water. And I had actually told him at the end of the contest, the one who had the least amount of water was the winner. <laughs> because we want to be so filled with God's Holy Spirit that our buckets just have these holes in them, man. They're just, they're just going all over the place, man, right? Praise the Lord. Amen. That's what I believe anyways. You know what I mean? It's my story, and I ain't going to stop telling it. Praise the Lord. All right, so there you go. So today, man, I want to be able to invite you guys to something special. Well, we actually do this every weekend, but, you know, I'm just going to make it more special today, all right? So praise the Lord. All right, we want to invite you guys, all right, to, to the vision that God gave this church, to the vision that God began this church with. We want to invite you into the vision that God has seen through this church, and that, that, that God is leading this church into the future. We want to invite you into that. The question is, will you partner with and in that vision? This is the question. Will you partner with that vision? Will you partner in that vision? And some of you already have. And if you've already partnered with that vision, and actually even if you are thinking about, if you're saying, you know what, I would like to partner with that vision, this next question is extremely significant. Well, then what's your part? What's your part? You gotta answer that. What exactly is your part? And do, and do the other people, do the other partners around you, do they know your part so that they know that they can count on your part? Do you know their part so you know you can counter, count on their part? That's, that's what God does. You see, our vision here is to make it easier for people to know Jesus Christ. That is the vision of this church, to make it easier for people to know Jesus Christ. Our mission, our boots on the ground, is to lead people into that loving, that growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And our hope, the hope that we have as a church is, is, to create, is, is create a Jesus culture that doesn't demand a Jesus response. And what that means is we want to be Jesus in the lives of people all around us without telling them they got to be Jesus back. We're just going to love them just the way Jesus did. We want to create a Jesus culture that doesn't demand a Jesus response. All right? And our work our work is to seek the well-being of the community that God has placed us in and to pray on its behalf. All of these, this vision, this mission, this hope, and this work has, has been inspired by God's Holy Spirit and by his word. None of this is stuff that we said, hey, this sounds like a good one. Let's try this. Everything had been inspired by God's word. I want to lead you through that today.
But the question is, what is your part? What will be your part? You see, God did not call you here just to watch. He didn't call you here just to come and see. All right, he did invite you to come and see, but, to, but, but there's more beyond, you see, uh, this, and it's crazy because it's a huge mistake of so many Christians across the world. It's, and they, they come to, to, to just, to, to a service and merely watch a few people, all right, express and share the gifting that God has given them. All right, God did not call you here just to watch my gifts and just to watch their gifts. God has called you here to join the fight, to get engaged in the fight, all right? To say yes you know, to your commander in chief, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and to fight together. To discover and to own the part that God has given you. Sounds like somebody's doing tap, God's doing tap dance on the, on the roof. It sounds like, he's, just, he's like, yeah, I like this. All right, keep going, keep going. Praise the Lord. You need to, it's time for every one of us, man, to, to, to pour it, to discover why God has placed this here as a church and why God has placed you here in his church. Come on, this is life, man. This is living fully alive. The, the word of God says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose. He's speaking of the church and all the different people and all the different actions and all the different gifting and all the, you know, the different works and services in the church through Corinthians chapter 12. You should go home and read it, all right? But he comes to this point right here where he says, but God arranged each of you in the body as it pleased him. He didn't, he didn't come, you didn't come in here and say, you guys say, okay, where do you want to be? You know, God says like, I brought you here for a reason because of who you are. All right, because of who you uniquely are, I placed you in my body. And it's up to you to find out why and where. All right, he goes on and say, if, if everything was one single person, if everybody had a biggest mouth as me, then we'd all be up here, nobody be out there, nobody, nobody be, you know, everybody be up here just yelling their heads off. We get nothing done. <laughs> but look at verse 20. He says, as it were, there are many parts, but one body. Amen? And it gets even more challenging. We're still going through the book of Luke. We're breaking into a new chapter. Woohoo! Chapter 10, we made it. All right, it's pretty awesome. Watch, we're, we're gonna keep on going, all right? Uh, but it's amazing how this, this, this scripture actually tells the story of the church, and we're gonna kind of share that with you this morning. So let's pray. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor and the glory, Lord God, and we're so thankful, Lord, that you have set us here for your glory. Guide us, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And so we're in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. And, God, and here's what's crazy. Jesus is speaking not just to the apostles anymore. He's, he's actually commissioning and challenging the men, men and women. that are just, There's people that are just following him constantly. All kinds of men, all kinds of women that are following him. All right? and, it, and it was kind of a big deal. Jesus was a really big deal. And usually a lot of times when he's commissioning the work, all right, he's looking at his 12 guys. All right, you guys right here, right? You're going to go do this and you're going to go do that. Uh, last a few, uh, about a month or so ago, we, he challenged the 12 to go out and just kind of heal the sick, cast out demons, do some crazy stuff. It was a wild challenge. 
right? And now he, he's, he's, looking, he's looking beyond his apostles. And it says there here in Luke chapter 10, verse one, it says, after the Lord, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Say others. I want you to say others because we're others, man. <laughs> I'm another. Are you another? <laughs> What's up, other? I'm other. <laughs> right on, me too. All right. He appointed 72 others and he sent them out ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He says, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, carry no knapsack, no sandals and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it'll return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking, what they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. And do not go from house to house to house to house to house. Well, he just says, don't go to house to house. Well, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Well, whenever you enter a town and they don't receive you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town uh, that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it'll be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had, be done, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and for Sidon than you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You'll be brought down to Hades. And then he finally tells these, these, these guys, the one who hears you hears me. That's pretty amazing. And the one who rejects you rejects me. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Well, that's the final straw right there, ain't it? What's crazy is we look at this and we go, okay, this is a cool story, but that was for those guys. It was 2,000 years ago. Pretty sure they did a good job. Yay, way to go, guys, right? They deserve medals, all right? But no, listen, there's more. Because Jesus made this call to the whole church after his resurrection and after his ascension. He made this call to you and me. Look what he says in Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We're saying, fill me, fill me. This is why. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be my witnesses right here in this town, all right? Right here in Jerusalem, all right? Right in Judea and the surrounding country, in Samaria, those people you don't like, and even to the end of the earth, the end of the earth. You see, God has called us to so much more, to way more than we are actually even allowing us to think. He's called us to so much more than many of us are, are living now, our weekend service, this weekend service today, the service today, this right here, right now, is probably the most popular thing that we do. But it's not the most important. And it shouldn't be the most important thing to you as well. 
See, it's what happens right from here that counts. Would you, would you agree? Say amen. Okay, wait, wait, let me ask you a question. And then, and then I don't want to tell you how to answer. I just want to hear your answer. All right. It's, it, should it be what happens from here that counts most? Amen. All right, right on. We're going to work on these guys. Okay. Um, all right. It's where the Lord takes you from here. It's where he takes his church to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. That's what Jesus said to go do. And he gave us instructions on how to do it by loving one another first, the first command, loving, loving God and loving one another is the outcome of our love for God. You see, all the lights and all the smoke and all the sounds and the irresistible environment that we are very, very intentional about trying to create every weekend service here, all the bells, all the whistles are not what we're called to actually focus on. Instead, they're to point us to the greater reality, which is a life that is in and from Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. It's a disciple-making life that is for his glory. But we need to get past the surface. This is just scratching the surface. All right, if you want to, go like this. We're scratching the surface. All right, we need to get beyond the surface and live the life that we were created to live, empowered to live, even filled to live for his glory. But in order to know where we're going, it's helpful to know where we've been. And I love how this area of scripture kind of tells our story. And Luke chapter 10, verse one, says this. After the Lord had appointed 72 others, and he sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and every place where he himself was about to go. And you see, for, for a lot of years, I gave my life to Christ back in 1995, okay? And uh, did not know, but God used uh, that, that, that as a catalyst to start a church while we were, I was still in jail, uh, jaywalking. Don't, don't worry about it. Anyways, um, yeah, that's kind of horrible. They're pretty strict over there in California. Anyways, um, yeah. So, and it was pretty wild, man, because we actually, we grew this wild little church right there in, in this facility and it was pretty amazing, all the men that gave their life to Christ and was just praying out loud and just loving on people. And it was pretty wild. We were the only unit in the whole jail that didn't have riots and, and drug problems and craziness. It was pretty cool because Jesus uh, was given permission to own the spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of just, to, you know, it was pretty cool. But between 1995 and like 2007, I'd been a part of two churches and just seen a bunch of weirdness that I didn't see in the Bible. I saw a lot of goodness, a lot of great things, a lot of amazing people, fell in love with so many people that loved me genuinely. It was pretty awesome. But there was always something missing and it was many of you people. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know that I wanted to invite many people to the churches that I was a part of because I didn't know how they would be received. And I wasn't sure how they would receive what was happening there because it's kind of weird. You have to go through this 50 year time warp in order to, um, you know, and then a lot of different hoops in order to be able to love on Christ and allow Christ to love on you. And it was, it was kind of striking to me. And I've been praying through that for a few years. 
And uh, my way out was just to, you know, start, you know, uh, leading the youth ministry because these guys are crazy. They'll do anything and they'll let anybody in. And so we just did that for years. It was awesome. And I thought, I'm just going to grow old as a youth pastor, maybe write some books when I become an old man, all right, about, you know, loving on kids and be pretty awesome. But God had a different plan. And in 2008, we're just right up the road here in this church. Uh, A few of us, many of us are still here. And, uh, and we're thinking, you know, God wants us to go out. He wants us to go out and reach out, just like this, man, to, 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 just to, to go out and just kind of start to reach out into, you know, into, into, different, into different places and stuff. And so we thought, where are we going to go first? So we thought, where's the ugliest, craziest, dirtiest bar in town? Let's go there. Sounds like a good place. So we did. We got on our motorcycles and we went to this bar. I'm not going to name it, all right, because some of you may, I don't know if the owner might be here or something, all right, but, you know, <laughs> <clears throat> but it was pretty, it was, pretty, it was probably the nastiest part. I walked in there, it seemed like everybody wanted to fight me, even the women, all right? I was like, this is hardcore, all right? And so we walked into the bar, man, and we're just kind of hanging out, shooting some pool, and uh, went outside, uh, because, you know, there, 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 there were people in there, and they kept going outside. I'm like, why do these guys keep going? I'm, I know I'm where I'm at, you know what I mean? And so I walked outside, but I guess you couldn't smoke in the bar, so they're going outside smoking. And let's go out there and start chopping up with some people in the parking lot. Just tell them, you know, seeing what's up, listening to their stories. And they're looking at my motorcycle. And they're like, hey, that's a pretty cool bike. Because they, they, where'd you buy that? I said, I didn't buy it. I kind of built it to put these parts on. But they go, is that what you do for a living? You build motorcycles? I said, no, actually, um, I, compl- my life is Christ. It belongs to Christ completely. They're like, what? They literally said that, what? Like, and they said, why are you here? And I said, well, you don't think Jesus is here? And they're like, <laughs> I said, he's here. I think, why are you outside? Because you smoke? Do you smoke? And I go, no, nah, man, I actually quit smoking because I want to live a little longer, you know? Um, and they said, I just don't think, I've told you before, I don't think smokers are going to hell. I just think you might get into heaven a little bit quicker than me. Um, so I said, no, man. I said, I'm out here because you're out here. And so we just kind of, and I said, and, I just, and, then, and then next thing you know, man, where they're talking and then they're, they're cussing by accident. They're saying, sorry, sorry. I'm like, dude, I just, you know, Jesus loves you, man. And that's why we're here. And, and it kind of opened our eyes. You know what I mean? Again, because it'd been a while since I've been to a bar and kind of chilled or whatever. I love shooting pool. Um, and uh, it's kind of opened our eyes. Because like, well, I want all those people in here. And so we created this crazy little thing. It was at the time where I was actually interim pastor for the church up the road, man. And they're, they're le- there's a second pastor that has left the church. And, uh, and so they asked me to take over for a little while. And I thought, okay, well, now that I get to take over, man, we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to call some shots. And so I called Pastor Ron because I need somebody on my team. All right. And he was all about it. And we're like, okay, um, well, can we have this one little section of the church and we just want to start a service. We weren't planning a church. We weren't even thinking of planting a church, but we wanted to start a service on a, on a nighttime service. You're like, so, so, so before, maybe before these guys go to the bar, they can come over here and hang out with us for a little while, maybe make better choices that evening. And it actually happened. All right, we started this service called Saturday Night at 7, and it was pretty amazing because the tagline for the service was right here, real people, real life, real love, real loud. 
all right? We had really loud music. We were really loud at our love. We were really loud at life. We were really loud people. And it was amazing, man, because people started to just come in and be a part of this. The first night we started, there was, 30, there was uh, 35 people. And with eight, within eight months, we, aver- we were averaging around 200 people a night. And we did this service, all right, because we, were still, we weren't even starting a church yet. We were just starting a service, man. And we just wanted to reach people that were not being reached. We wanted to touch the, un- the untouchable. We wanted to love the unlovable. And we wanted to reach the unreachable, man. We wanted to dig into the life of those people who have never been in church before. And those people got really, really angry at church. And they want, we wanted them to come back. And we were just thinking, man, if we could just provide an atmosphere, all right, where people can just come and enjoy Jesus, this is going to be amazing. All right, and no strings attached love, no hoops to jump through. Here's Jesus, all right, you know what I mean? Praise the Lord. And people started showing up like crazy. Then we had this, uh, because the church was doing its own Easter service, we did the service the night before Easter. We called it the darkest night, the night everybody thought they killed God. You know, because Jesus hung on the cross and there was that one night we're like, oh, dang, man, this is really real. And then Sunday morning, he got out of the grave and like, showed you guys, what's up, All right? <laughs> and it was crazy because it was standing room only that night. It was like, we, we painted the ceiling black. Church freaked out when they walked in there and saw that, all right? We built a bar in the back. They're like, are you guys serving drinks? And this is for coffee. We're gonna serve coffee, all right? And it was really, with the big screens up, man, it was just a little small. It was like not even a quarter of the size of this, maybe, all right? And, uh, and but like 300 people packed in there on the darkest night. And we started recognizing God is, is really doing something there. And then some, some people started coming up to me and they started telling me this, hey, man, when are you gonna start Ernie's Church? When are you gonna start Ernie's Church? When are you gonna start Ernie's Church? And I said, mm-hmm. If Ernie's church ever starts, I will never attend it. <laughs> I do not want to start Ernie's church, man. Sorry, I can't stand it when people call this Ernie's church. Hey, you go to Ernie's church? This is not my church, man. This is, this is his church. We're his church, amen? We're his, man. And I want to be a part of that, all right? And so I said, we're just going to do this service. We're just going to chill. But God had other plans. And what I love about our story here, it has been constantly led by the word of God. And God brought his word in Jeremiah chapter one. There's a lot that was taking place. God was just challenging me in there, all right, as a personal challenge, because I was like, I don't know if I even belong here, God. I shouldn't, I don't even know if I belong up there talking about you, God. I belong maybe somewhere, maybe in the back corner, kind of sweeping junk. I don't know, maybe I belong out in the parking lot, scraping gum off the ground. All of it is very significant, but I don't know if I belong leading is what I was saying. And God was telling me, just as he told uh, Jeremiah, don't say that, man, because I called you to do this. As a matter of fact, I called you and those people that are with you to go even crazier. And he said in Jeremiah chapter one, verse 10, he says, I've set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, and to build and to plant. And what he's talking about, that sounds kind of harsh, but he's saying, you know what? There's a lot of religious walls right now that are preventing people to get to know me. And I want you to start something that just has none of those walls. There's no, there's no medical detector. There's no sin detector at the, at the door. <laughs> We'd all set it off, all right? Don't even act like it. Oh, man, I can go through a sin detector any day of my life. Yeah, sure. Okay, anyways. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you just didn't make it in by lying. That's a sin, all right? <laughs> all right, so... so, so uh, <laughs> and so we, 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 we started digging in, and we started praying through this. And we're such challenged because it was kind of crazy as, you know, me and Ron and a few others, men and women, man, they were just there, man. We're just like, okay, is this really what he wants? 
And look at Luke chapter 10, verse two. He said to them, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray for the harvest to the Lord of the, of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And we're like, we, we really need to pray about this. God is calling us to do this. We can't just go out. We're not gonna just go out and just, okay, we're gonna go out and start a church. How do you do that? Well, let's go see what this church does. Let's go see what this church does. Let's go see what this church does. No, none of that. We said, okay, we're gonna pray for one year then. This is 2008. We're gonna pray for one year. We're gonna open up the Bible and 17 of us started just gathering and praying, all right? We gather every Wednesday and we just started searching the Bible. What is the church, Lord? What is this church you're calling us to plant? What are you calling us to do? Lead us by your word. Lead us by your Holy Spirit. All right, I don't care what this person does, what that person does. It's probably great. They're probably right on target, but we wanna make sure that we are. And so we opened up the Bible for one year. We did that. And when you pray like this, it's because I want to challenge you to pray that prayer, you know, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest, all right? When you pray like this, it's really hard to not be a part of the answer. And sometimes it's real easy to just run away because half the group that started praying with us just took off midway, man, because they're just like, ah, this is too much. And then we realized that God was calling us into this work and we were ready to start planting. So we started building and we started formulating what this is gonna look like and how this is going to look. And Ron, man, out of, his, out of this, this divine leadership, God gave him a three-year plan to just go out. And it was pretty amazing. I was like, wow, I was like, he was, we're gonna be hiring pastors this first year and the second year. And we're gonna, I'm like, dude, right now our offerings are like 50 bucks, man. I don't know how much is coming in on the weekend, but it's not much. We were literally the church that couldn't afford itself because we're not a lot of people were giving, but we were not gonna be a non-giving church. We were gonna give our lives to the community for Christ and for his glory. But he put together this plan. Because look at Jeremiah verse 1, 17 says this, but you dress yourself for work. Get ready for work. Arise and say to them, everything that I command you, don't be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. We were looking for people to partner with us. People have been there and done this. We've been in the Bible for a year looking just one question. What is your church, Lord? How, you know what I mean? And then actually, how do you want us to do this? And we were coming together out of scripture, the plan for the church, all right? The plan for the church. And then we wanted to find people to partner with us and nobody really wanted. So we went to the actual part of the denomination that we were part of and they didn't, they were really were just, they were struggling with it. They didn't like that we didn't have their denominational name on our, on our name. We said, we're going to just call ourselves the church, but you need to have the church that is a blam, 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 blam denomination. I was like, nah, man, it's not what, I just don't see it there. I just see Jesus saying, you know what, I'm going to, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. It's his church. It doesn't belong to any denomination. I'm not against denominations. I just am not a fan of them, okay? Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of them are doing really, really well. But I'm just saying, I just don't know that it's, that's for us. And so we're just saying, no, we just want to just be, we, want, we don't want to get in the way, man, of Jesus' name and what he's doing here. And they pulled out this book. We were, we were literally sitting, we called it the Sanhedrin. We were actually, and then this whole table of folks, these dudes were just in front of us, and they were just, and there was just me, Ron, and another brother, Bob Sir, and we were kind of sitting at this table, and they're questioning us, hammering us. What about this? And what about this? And how come you're not doing this? And we're like, man, you know, because this is what the Bible said. This is what the Bible said. This is what the word said. This is how God is leading us. One guy stood up, man, got this, 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 this denominational faith message thing, and it was this book about the 
denomination. He threw it on the table. And he says, are you guys gonna preach this? But right in front of me, just literally, like angrily smacked it on the table. And he said, you're gonna preach this. I pulled out my Bible. Well, I actually had my Bible on the table and I pushed my Bible forward. I said, if that is in here, it'll get preached because we're gonna preach this and this alone. God's word, Jesus' glory, Holy Spirit empowered. Praise God. Amen. Then they started arguing amongst themselves about why they don't ask their other churches to do what they're asking us. And we sat back and watched them argue. <laughs> So would you like us to get you a drink of water or anything? You guys look like you're a little parched. You know, you're like, ah, getting all crazy on each other, right? <laughs> and we said, um, I'm not going to get through this message. <laughs> I'm looking at the time. Uh, and we said, hey, man, we're going to go ahead and go. Would you guys just pray for us? We're not asking you for anything. We're not asking for money. Matter of fact, we were giving them money monthly out of our, our, our tithing that we were getting and our giving. We just need prayer. And said, so we're going to go. God bless you. Please pray for us. And we split. And um, praise the Lord. Luke chapter 10 says, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. It's crazy because we started in the bars and, and now God has established us. And, and we, 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 are, we started to become this church. And in 2010, we actually... Uh, ended up here in the school for the first time. The last weekend of July, 2010, we had our first service in the school over here. And it was crazy because I thought I was gonna have to go get a job because there's not a lot of giving going on in here. And it wasn't, I'm not, we're not gonna pass the plate. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna make you worship God because there's a plate in front of you. You know what, man? It is up to you to give the way God has, has, has formed. It's, it's an act of worship. I can't make, I can lead you to worship, but I can't make you worship or coerce you to worship or make you feel bad because you don't worship. There's a box out there. Praise the Lord. Drop it in there. You got push pay. We got all this stuff, man. Ways that you can give. Handle it. That's between you and the Lord. And we were ready to go get jobs. I was ready to go get a full-time job. I was a full-time youth pastor. So, you know, that was my profession then. I thought, well, let's go try to find a job ranching. But the first day that we hit out, thousands and thousands of dollars started pouring in. It was crazy for the work of the ministry. Setting us up for ministry. And it was pretty awesome. Because we were actually, we're, we're, we're a community-minded church and we want to get out in the community and that costs money, right? It costs money to rent the school, all that stuff. And, and next thing you know, because of that, I got invited, all right, to, uh, a group of attorneys, uh, a, a group, uh, well, the county attorney and some probation officers and, and legal professionals invited the faith community in to have a discussion about the drug problem in our, in our community. And I showed up, a few other pastors showed up and while we were sitting in there, they were saying, you know what? Um, you know, if churches were doing their job, they literally said this. If churches, one, one probation officer said, if churches were doing their jobs, we wouldn't have the drug problem we're having right now. <laughs> you know? And uh, we just let that, you know, I kind, of, I kind of kept listening, kept listening. And then about when, the, when they were done, they were asking for feedback from us. I referred to that remark. I said, you know what? You know, it was referred that if churches were doing their job, that um, we would, uh, wouldn't have the drug problems and the crime problems actually also that we're, saying, that we're having. And I said, you know what? We are, we are actually in the, in, behind the scenes doing the best work we can because we've been kicked out of the courtrooms. We've been kicked out of the legal system and all that stuff. And the county attorney looked at me right in the eye and he came right up to me and he says, look, well, I'm inviting you back in. 
And I said, you tell me where and you tell me when. And they had this thing called drug court here, up here, in, uh, and some of you know it um, by experience. Anyways, all right. <laughs> so everything called drug court up here, right? <laughs> and, uh, and we got invited into drug court. And, uh, you know, he invited all the pastors, but the only ones that showed up was, uh, was me and Ron. And uh, we were like, where's all the pastors? Don't even worry about that. Here's where we're here. We're here. And we just sat in the back of the courthouse for one year, every Wednesday during drug court. And every Wednesday, they, the judge would ask, who are you guys again? <laughs> we're like, we're the church. Why are you here? Just seeing how we could help, however we could help. And after a few months of being in there, we started recognizing that there were financial difficulties. So we started telling the church, hey, look, it, we need to raise some money so we can help these guys with some work clothes. And so maybe some other things that might help them find a job and maybe get them some rides and stuff. How, and just listening and chain, writing down notes of how we could help what's taking place. And sure enough, man, more and more opportunities rose. And it was pretty wild because from that point, you know what, now, now, now we've been in drug court for probably almost 10 years now. And, uh, you know, we're regular staple, you know, in there. And, and then God has done great things. We've been invited into the probation system. We've been provided, we've been, we've been invited into the jails. We've been actually visited in some prisons down uh, towards Phoenix. You know, uh, you know, hospitals have actually invited us in to talk about stuff that we're doing. Rehabs have invited us in, the schools, all right? All kinds of stuff. It's because God, and he says, look, I'm, I'm sending you out as lamps in the midst of wolves. I should tell you something. You don't have to walk in and bust down doors. God is going to open the doors, but it's up to us to walk through them. Remember what Jessica said a few weeks ago? She said, God parts the waters, but we have to walk through the water. Amen? That's our job. Jesus said in verse four, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. God told us this is going to require faith. All right, the giving then was kind of, was still kind of low, but here's what's crazy. I was just looking at, uh, I was talking to Pastor Blake and he shared with me just kind of the giving since then to this, to this date, giving. What is giving? It is an act of worship that, that is actually supplying from our resources, all right, to fund the work that God is doing in the lives of the people in this community and beyond, amen? For his glory, for the glory of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, amen? That's what it is. Here, and I Started, we started looking at the giving. Do you know that the pastors, there's only 10 of us, 11 of us right now, 11 pastors. We began with one first year. Second year, there were two. The third year, there were three, all right? And then we kind of added on since then. But do you know that the pastors alone, because we need to lead by example, we're not just here asking you to give. The pastors alone have given over $950,000 since we started the church, almost $1 million just from your pastors. Don't you want to be a part of that work? He said, whatever house you enter, say peace to this house. God called us to bless and not curse because these were people's lives. And no matter how pretty the house looked, no matter how crazy the house looked, there wasn't one person in the house that didn't need to experience the love and care of Jesus Christ. It wasn't up to us to judge. He says, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. When you reach out in love and not judgment, you'll quickly find out how many people don't know that they can know Jesus. When you reach out in judgment, you'll, feel, you'll find out how many people don't like you. You understand? You recognize that? Really. See, too often I see this, too many Christians reach out in judgment and then they blame it on the people. Oh, they don't want to hear it. No, they don't like you, man. 
All right, bro, take a breath mint first. You know what I mean? I carry them in my pocket. You know what I mean? Because I went, hi, you want to hear about Jesus? No, man, there's some wicked stuff coming out of your face. And I feel like it just stained my shirt. He says, remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. And what's crazy, he says, don't go from house to house. We didn't have to, man, because you guys are the ones who spread the word. You guys are about the work. Praise the Lord. And he says, whenever you enter a house or a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Here we go. This is where it got crazy for us. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Do you see how he rolls with this? Heal the sick, then say, the kingdom of God has come near you. He says, love and serve first, then speak. Let love lead the way, not your mouth. How can they hear the kingdom if kingdom people refuse to be healers of the king, for the king? When we've seen this, when we're looking in this, we're looking at the landscape and we're looking at church life and we're looking at, you know, across the planet and stuff like that, all right? And we're, we're seeing that there is a need, man, a really, really big need for something day to day. Something's missing. And again, we're being led by scripture. As we're reading in Isaiah 58, we're seeing where God is just getting angry with his people. Say, man, you guys are fasting and you're praying like you're gonna try to get a hold of me somehow. Like that's a direct line to me. He's like saying, look at man. He's saying, you read Isaiah 58. You should write that down, read it. Isaiah 58, one, verse one through 12. Check it out, man. Read that, man. It's very, very important because it's a call upon all of us. He says, you're fasting, you're praying, you're doing all these special religious things, all right? Thinking you're gonna get a hold of me, man. But meanwhile, you're just, you're, 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 you're treating people bad. You're ignoring the pain that is surrounding you. He goes, look, isn't this the fast that I choose, the kind of prayer that I choose? All right, to, to, to help people, look what he says right here in Isaiah 58, 7. Isn't not to share your bread with the hungry, bring the homeless poor into your house, and when you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? This is the day-to-day that is missing. Stop hiding from people that are hurting, all right, and get out there into the streets. How can we match the, the, the thought that, we, that Pastor Ron brought up? How can we match the resources of the church with the cries of the street for the glory of God? And then we hit Jeremiah 29. And it was amazing because this is where the recenter was born. You see, because in Jeremiah 29, we see in this passage where, where the exiles, all right, the people that, you know, Babylon went and took Israel captive. You can read about this uh, in, uh, in uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and you can see all this stuff, you know, taking place. It could actually, you know, and, and so, <coughs> excuse me. And Jeremiah was called by God to send them a letter and say, look, while you guys are there, while you're captive in Babylon, he says, don't just start belly aching and waiting for me to come and get you and stuff like that. He says, build some houses while you're there. Bless this community. He says, you know what? You know, plant some gardens. Marry your kids off, man. Build families. And look what he says in verse seven. This is what struck us. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on this behalf, for in this welfare, you will find your welfare. And see, we have been going to drug court for a little over a year by now, almost two years. 
And every time we're in there, there's this thing they have called the drug court goals, where they start telling people about how they can, you know, be used by God. I'm not be used by God. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, in court. Here's how you could be used by God. All right. No, that was our job. All right. They're telling people how they can be better at life, you know, better social network, better financial skills, better time management. And we were talking about what if we had a place where they could actually come and become equipped by the people of God with these skills. And we started praying. And God led us to begin the recenter. We, we rented a building right down the road there. It started growing. People started coming. The needs were, are never ending. And it was crazy because there was a building, this old bar right up the road here where the recenter is now. Some of you guys danced on the tables back there in the day. All right? All right? So you guys know what I'm talking about. All right? And so there was this old bar right up there down the road, and it was for sale. And we wanted to buy it. We didn't have any money. But we still wanted to buy it. We told the guy, hey, man, he was asking so much. We said, we'll give you this much. And he said, all right, we'll take it. And we said, okay, can we owe you? <laughs> we got a little bit of a down payment. We'll give it to you right now. He said, all right. And the dude said, okay. He was awesome because he knew what we were going to do. Great man of God. He said, all right. And I said, okay, uh, well, can, but can, before we pay it off, can we go in there and start making renovations? <laughs> Changing it? Absolutely. Praise the God. And that thing is on fire today. I don't know if you guys have been to the Recenter. If you have not, get over there. Go and have lunch. The lunch is amazing. All right? Meet some people. Love on some people. Let them know that the church is here. We created that place to be a workbench for you guys. Go and see Pam. She has taken it to the, 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 uh, the next level like crazy. Yeah, Pam Williams, man. Pretty awesome. All right, I got to wrap this up. We're already a minute over. All right, whatever, whatever town, he goes, whatever town, uh, you know, you, you, whenever you enter a town and they don't receive you into the streets, say, you know what, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it's going to be more bearable, strong words, all right, on the day for Sodom than, it, than that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe, for, for if the mighty works that have been done and you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented a long time ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it's going to be more bearable in the judgment for Tyree and for Sidon than you. And Capernaum, you know, will you be exalted? You should be brought down to Hades. Here's what I know, man. With all this, God's going to handle the opposition. We don't have to be God's, you know, if, you, know, uh, you know, God just, you know, I don't have to be God's instrument for smacking people around. God's going to handle it. Our job is to love and serve first, all right, and then speak of the kingdom, amen? That's our job. Because he says this in verse 16, the one who hears you, hears me, all right? And the one who rejects you, rejects me. This is big. And the one who rejects me, rejects even him who sent me. This is our desire to be the Jesus people who are the spiritual reference point of the White Mountains. This is our desire to make it easier for people to know Jesus, to lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Our hope is to create a Jesus culture without demanding a Jesus response, amen? All right, our work is to seek the well-being of the community that we live in and pray on his behalf, amen? It's all for his glory. And so where are we going? Where's it all going, man? That's awesome, that got us up to speed, that brought us to right here, but where's this going? I'm gonna quickly just say this. All right, again, we're led, uh, we're led by God's word. A few years ago, God has just placed this in our heart, and we've always known it was coming. But he gave us this word, and he told us to spread out, not just up. You see, a while back when we were, we were looking at 
property and building, I was like, my first thought was, okay, we need a 5,000 seat arena. All right, we have a, you know, 5,000, you know what I mean? All right, we're gonna have like 20 services on, you know, weekend. It's gonna be amazing. We have all those people, man. Everybody on these white mountains are gonna know Jesus. <laughs> They're gonna come to a service where God was saying, this is, look at man, how, how tall do you want your kids to get? So we need to spread out. It's not about growing up so big and so large. It's about spreading out the kingdom. That's what he said. He sent them out to the towns that he was going to be in. All right. And now I'm not saying that Jesus is not in the towns that are around us. He is definitely in the towns that are around us. He was here before we got here. Amen. But here's what Isaiah 54 verse two and three led us to. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You are the stakes. For you will spread out abroad to the right and to the left and your offsprings will possess the nations and your people and will people the desolate cities. Basically what we produce here, not just our children, but the children of God that are being produced here. will people the cities for his glory. So yeah, we're spreading out. Beginning with all the hyphenated towns that we're surrounded with. We're going to spread out into those towns, man. I mean, God is already there. and There's great work being done there. We're just going to come alongside, just like we did here. That's all. That's why you're here, right? So I'm going to challenge you with this final thought. All right? This is a story that God has given us. The question is, is it your story? You want to make it your story? And if so, what is your part? What is your part? I will give you some starting place, a starting point right here. From love and in love, number one, pray. He said, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Number two, connect. Connect with your church through community, through, this, through some the, the, the work that we have going on here, the, the women's gathering, the men's discipleship. Connect with your church. Number three, go and be an answer to that prayer. And number four, give. Give your talents. Give your time and give of your treasure for his glory. Amen? What you gonna do about that? Praise the Lord.